Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 38 of the Boomer Bevo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. To the right of me, my man, Kevin Miller, with the high and tight haircut, looking good, went to the barber I'm trying, shop. Man. I'm trying. Was probably exchanging stories and getting razzed and doing all the fun, awesome things that Kevin does at the barbershop. Uh, is it just an awesome? When you go to the barbershop, is it like is it like what white guy, forty year old white guys like me <laughs> think it is when you go to the barbershop? Is that is it? it I don't want to get stereotypical. You know, I'm just asking. You. It depends asking. on the shop. No, it, it depends on the shop and it depends on the day. Like for okay, example, well this, today it was this just, was a Thursday. It was this just, was a Thursday. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a Thursday night. It was only two barbers in there. It was very quiet. How it was really often, quiet today? How often? So my okay. Well, let's just let's just break this down a little more. Iconic scenes from movies that occurred in barber shops. Go. Okay, coming to America. That's it. That doesn't yeah. need to be anymore. It doesn't need to be yeah. anymore. That is the best scene that ever occurred in a barbershop, including any movie that was named Barbershop. Coming to America was fantastic. And Eddie Murphy playing all those different roles in Arsenio Hall. Yeah. Legend, man. Career-defining movie right there. Oh, I love it. And then the Jewish guy with the taste of soup. Aha. Oh, my gosh, yeah, dude. It's the best. Oh, there's nothing better. Coming to America 2, on, I think it came out on Netflix or Prime Video. It was... I tried to make it work, dude, but I don't it's even hard, I, man. I mean, was it forty years later almost? Uh, I don't even think I finished it. Eric LaSalle was in that movie. Had the Jerry Curl. What was yeah, it? What it was okay. called? Soul Glow. Soul Glow. Oh my god. Yes. So good. Oh, yeah. we just got off. I didn't know we were going to go there, but looking at your haircut, it just got me fired up. I'm John Whitson. Yeah. Kevin Miller. John Whitson. Kevin got a haircut. I'm wearing a hat, so that's where we're at today. Uh, listen, we got two, two. For Oklahoma, it's Bedlam. This is a Bedlam matchup, which for us, whatever you want to say about it, is it a rivalry or isn't it a rivalry, it doesn't matter, especially on a year like this. It is for pride. It is for state pride. It, it's to get bowl eligible. This is a huge it's important. game. This it's is a important. huge game for Oklahoma. Uh, we got beat last year. This was the domino that kicked off losing Lincoln Riley, the domino that kicked off losing Caleb Williams. And everybody else that fell across, fell out of the uh, pack. It also led to the hiring of Brent Venables, which I'm still firmly behind and think that things are going to be really, really good under him. Conversely, the University of Texas goes up against the Kansas Jayhawks, which has been a bugaboo for you over the last five meetings. Um, We talked about it right before we started taping. It, 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 for Oklahoma fans, this is similar to like a Kansas State or an Iowa State where you should just go up and beat them every time. It shouldn't even be an issue. But we're talking in the last five games, you've only had one game that wasn't a one-score game. I mean, these yeah. even when y'all have won, they have been tight, dogfight-to-the-end type of games. Yeah, I mean, one of the games under Herman against them, we had to kick a field goal as time expired to beat them. I mean, we were losing I think it was 2019, uh, maybe. Yeah, 2019, and that was 50 to 48. Can you imagine 50 yeah. to 48 yeah. against Kansas at home? We were down at, at Texas. Home. Yeah, it took a Cameron Dicker field goal as time expired to win that game. It was a walk off. 
Um, your other loss, you know, you had the loss last year, obviously, which which was much maligned. But then you had the uh, Deontay Foreman loss, which is oh just yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, Charlie Strong. Be one, that pretty much ended the Charlie Strong era. Was he fired when he got back to Austin after that game? Um, I think he got one more game again at TCU, and they got blown out by TCU, and that and that was it. He was gone the next. That game. was the nail. That was but, the nail. The, I mean, listen, the the Kansas game that it, that was over after that. There was no coming back. The problem you lose to that. We, 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 we will get deep into the Kansas talk, but the problem with all of that is y'all coming off. It's it's going to be how do you respond from coming off an emotional loss at home against TCU, and you're going to go play a Kansas team that's pretty good. This isn't like it the last like football team. Yeah, this isn't the last five years where you're going to play the joke that is Kansas and you're somehow trying to escape. You're going to go play a very confident Kansas team. Who for them is having a very good year? They're at six and four. Yeah, same so, record as Texas. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're, we're going to break it down. At uh, I wrote down each of their losses, and I think that's going to be a, a pretty cool look to see which team has lost to who, because it's it, it's just Kansas hasn't lost to a lot of dogs this year, right? I mean, Kansas has had a pretty good year. It's uh, pretty cool. But before we get to both Bedlam and the Kansas game, let's take a lot, look at the top twenty-five. Uh, the Texas Christian University Horned Frogs are going to be at Baylor, only a two and a half point favorite. Um, I, ba- listen, Baylor can beat TCU. Baylor has yeah. got the defense to beat BCU, uh, TCU. Aranda has got the mindset and the aggressive go for it attitude. Do you think they will? I don't think they will. I don't think so. I think it'll be close. Listen, Texas gave them a pretty good blueprint defensively, right, on how to slow down that crazy explosive offense. We'll see if they can put up the points, enough points to do it, though. I don't know if they hold them to 17 like Texas did, and they're going to have to score points. That's the problem. Texas didn't couldn't do anything on offense. Can they generate enough offense to score enough to beat this, this really good TCU team? Is Baylor coming off of a win? Did they win last week? Um, I don't think so, didn't they? They don't know. They got blown out by um by Kansas? By K State. Oh, that's right. Home. You're right, you're right. Um so like you just don't know, three. You don't know where Baylor's head's at. You know, TCU is the better team in this matchup. Um, but you know, let's see if we're ready to get those guys going. Illinois plays Michigan. Michigan's an 18-point favorite, Ohio State. Basically, these are filler games until we get to Ohio State, Michigan. Like these are just this is yeah. These two games are serving the, the same placeholder that the um, SEC games are serving where they're playing nobodies. Um, I am I, excited to watch Michigan-Ohio State. You know, I don't really like either one of those teams, but I've gotten very comfortable with and used to rooting for the game itself on the, yeah, Saturday, after, on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's I just, a great game every year. I mean, even when Harbaugh beat Michigan – uh, finally get that win last year after so many losses. But even when Harbaugh was losing all the games, they were competitive games they in a are. lot of them. Yeah. And uh, just a lot of fun to watch. I, I mean, look, that's going to be the de facto play. That It's not even the Big Ten Championship game because whoever's coming out of the Big 12 West or Big Ten West is terrible. Like, that is the championship game. Uh-huh. And uh, I can't wait to talk about that next week. Uh, Tennessee uh, does have a conference game against South Carolina. They should roll. Clemson has Miami at home. 
and they're a 19-point favorite. K-State is a 7.5-point favorite against West Virginia. My brother, Jacob, a proud graduate of the University of Louisiana, will be in Tallahassee to watch the Florida State Seminoles, which I think is fantastic. That sounds like an awesome place to go watch a football game. I wish I could have gone when OU played. Has Texas ever played in Tallahassee? I don't think so, man. Since I've been paying attention, they they haven't played Florida State. This was like Landry Jones's junior or senior year, and it was his first. It was one of the first games uh, of the year, maybe the second week. But it was an ABC prime time. Uh, it was outstanding, and this is the one where Kenny Stills caught a big pass down the sideline, and Stoops kicks a field goal late to pull away. And after that game, Oklahoma catapults to number one, and you thought that was going to be another one of these really great OU teams. They floundered against Missouri and a couple other teams, but I'll tell you what, going to Florida State, I'm, I'm super jealous of you, bro, so enjoy it. Um, can Texas A&M get off the snide against UMass? They are a 33-and-a-half point favorite. I don't see how you don't, man. There's, the talent disparity is just way too big for even A&M to screw this up. Um, is there a scenario where A and M buys out Jimbo Fisher this year? Uh, man, I don't see it. I just don't see it. It's just way too much money, man. Eighty million dollars. You know, what was eighty six million? The hot coaching uh, commodity, or at least the hottest one on all the talk shows, is Deion Sanders. Okay, I, I just can't imagine though A and M. Uh, executing a buyout even if they had a negotiated buyout with Jimbo and turning around and putting um all the risk on a on a hire like Deion Sanders yeah I agree you, you know what I mean it seems odd yeah, yeah. I'll tell you who, where it doesn't seem odd is Auburn right I think Auburn could hire Deion Sanders. I think you could see that occurring I could see that happening yeah um and Dion in the SEC I'm all for it, dude oh, I'm Auburn, all for it. seems like a kind of a tough place to win um, which is why you have to take some risk. But you say it's a tough place to win. They won a national championship, both yeah. since Oklahoma and Texas have. Um, they, they've beaten Alabama as they much as anybody Alabama else has. as well as anybody does. Yeah, so I mean. Consistently, consistently plays them. Correct. Wasn't it an overtime game last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah they should have won that game. They should have won that game. So, no, I, I hear you. But any, once – Especially once OU and Texas, the SEC is going to be hard to win. I mean, which school in the SEC isn't hard to win at, unless you're Alabama? So, if you're going to if you're going to do it, I don't. I, the point is, uh, keep an eye out on Deion Sanders at either one of those positions. Uh, Georgia. I've also heard people mentioning Lane Kiffin for the Auburn job. I don't think that's an upgrade at all. No, at you, all. Stay, you stay at Ole Miss. Yeah. Why would you want to go? He's not a builder, build a program kind of dude. Yeah, and I mean. Why would he build Auburn? I just don't see it as as, as an upgrade over Ole Miss. That's a, that's a that's a pipe dream. That's a yeah. somebody's wish in there. There's no way. No, he's he's got it rolling at Ole Miss. I don't know what he could leave it for because I don't know who any better. Okay, if you tiered out the if you tiered out the programs, right? Ole Miss is a top twenty five job. Yeah, twenty eight job. I, I see that, but you know. Uh, obviously the SEC gives it that prestige and then, you know, whatever they've been ranked since he's been there. Who above though, Ole Miss, who, who above Ole Miss would actually want to hire Lane Kiffin with his track record? 
Yeah, nobody I can say. I mean, I think Auburn Auburn would take him. Would Texas but, hire Lane Kiffin? I don't think so, man. You don't. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't. I don't know if I would hate it. I would. I don't know if I'd hate it. It'd be entertaining, that's for sure. But I don't think they would. Do you see what I mean? I, I don't. I don't yeah, think Alabama's I not hiring him. Georgia wouldn't hire him. Michigan wouldn't hire him. Ohio State wouldn't hire him. I mean, I think that he's reached. I think he's reached his peak. You know, like this yeah. is as good as it's going to get, and and which isn't bad. I mean, guy, I'm sure the guy's making five million a year. Correct. Yeah. And he gets games. To, he went ten games at Ole Miss. Dude, you went ten games at Ole Miss. You're the, the king of the, you're the king of the state. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Got to the Sugar Bowl last year. He's got to beat Mike Leach. Mike Leach might have to beat him to save his job. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the other two big games besides the OU game and the Texas game, the other two big games are coming out west. Oklahoma's favorite USC is a two-point favorite at UCLA in the Rose Bowl. That's the Fox primetime game, so it's 7 o'clock Central, followed by the Pac-12 after dark. Utah is a two-point favorite at Oregon. These are these are fun games. Uh, yeah. I really wish that Oklahoma wasn't going up against the USC game because I would like to watch a lot of that. You and I looked at the stats today. Caleb Williams is at 31 touchdowns and two interceptions. It it pains me. It pains me to give that guy credit and to give Lincoln Riley credit, but at least offensively, they are not skipping a beat. I mean, that is a dynamic offense with a dynamic quarterback at the head of it. Am I wrong? Yeah, No, you're not wrong at all. The one concerning thing is they did lose their running back, Travis Dye. Okay. Uh, I believe he's out for the season. He got injured in the last game. So we'll see who steps in at running back. I know they've got the freshman. Remind me of the kid's name. He was supposed to go to um, OU. Malik oh. Brown. Yeah. Malik Brown's his name. Uh, they've got him. We'll see, though, man. But with Caleb Williams back there, anything is possible. We talked about this earlier. They've got a tough schedule left, right? I mean, the game against UCLA. The big thing is, uh, I mean, for for all you USC fans, you're going to score the points. I really do. I think you're going to score the points. It's going to be, can your defense stop UCLA, Notre Dame, and likely Oregon? I guess if Utah beats Oregon, is Utah in it? Well, Utah, I'm not sure. Are they yeah. playing for a spot? They might be. They might, yeah, they very well could be. So That's either way, though, either way, the, it already is. Those are a three-game stretch that USC has a chance to get into the playoff. They will get blasted if they make the playoff. Like I'm, come on, man, they'll get blasted if they have to go up against Georgia or Ohio State or Tennessee. They will get blasted because they do not have a defense that can hang with them. Yeah. Um, but what a flex, though. I mean, you make the oh, year one. God, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I wouldn't want to hear it from Cowher and all that. Um, oh, you know he's going to go hard, too. Are you going to make it? You know you make me, this is the game of the week. USC-UCLA is the game of the week. Are you going to make me pick this game? Are we picking this game? Absolutely, yes. All right, USC minus two. Who do you have? Oh, I've got USC, man. Um, I've seen Lincoln in games like this, and he usually wins them. i got USC. And really, more than anything, is because of Caleb Williams. He's Superman out there. Uh, my good buddy, Johnny Chang, we were roommates in Addison, Texas, when I met my wife, Alice Young. Um, and he graduated from the University of California, Los Angeles. He is a huge Bruins fan. He listens, a faithful listener to the BBP. He would be pissed at me if I did not pick UCLA. But not just for Johnny, for Chip Kelly, for UCLA, and I hate USC. 
I'm going with the Bruins. And it's only two and a half points spread. It's, yeah, it's yeah, close exactly. to it wouldn't be a shock. Yeah, it wouldn't be a shock. And you also, still- Zach Charbonnet, the, the running back for UCLA, has had a great season. So I look for him to have a big game. Because that U, that USC defense is, is struggling, man. It's struggling. Um, They'll pick USC because of Caleb Williams, though. Listen, I, that's not a bad pick. Caleb Williams is – man, the guy's good. It sucks. It sucks that he left – I was never mad at him for leaving. We've talked about this. I don't, we don't have to go the whole deal. I was never mad at him for leaving. He's a kid, transfer portal. It just, it is what it is. It just sucks because, man, I, he was fun. He was yeah, fun. I, I'm on your roster this year. I'm oh, I thought he had, I, he needed some growth. And clearly he's demonstrated that growth out at USC. You know, there were some games that, uh, you know, that Baylor game, he was, he was bad in it last year. Yeah. Yeah. He struggled. Um, yeah. And the second half of Oklahoma State, he was not great. And there were some other games where, you know, he clearly needed some growth. And I don't know that Riley used him the best, but it looks like those two got on the same page. And he, he is a fantastic player. So it's just going to be – I hope they lose the next three games. But he is a fantastic player. it's possible. Player. It is. I mean, that's the crazy thing, right? They can You can see them making the playoff or losing this game against Notre Dame and against potentially Oregon if they make the Big 12 uh, – I'm sorry, the Pac-12 championship game. Yep. Uh, Kevin, a word from our sponsor. Our sponsor is Brown O'Haver. They are public insurance adjusters. They work for the insured, not the insurance company. So if you've had a loss to your home or your business from fire, wind, theft, whatever the case may be, you can hire Brown O'Haver and they will adjust the claim for you to make sure you get the maximum payout allowed under your policy. In addition, They will shoulder the burden of actually having to mess with the insurance company and scheduling all the meetings and doing everything that goes with that and really remove a major stressor out of your world. So give Brown O'Haver a call, 405-735-5510. You can hire them at the beginning, day one. You can hire them a year later. You You don't get charged unless you get paid. So it's a no risk proposition to give Brown O'Haver a call, 405-735-5510. Kevin, it's Bedlam, buddy. It is Bedlam. And I got to spend the morning with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. And it got me fired up. I was already fired up, but it got me fired up thinking about this game, um, thinking about what happened last year, uh, thinking about the emotions that game created and then everything that fell apart after that. Um, He had on the voice of the Oklahoma State Cowboys who made an interesting comment and I want to get your thoughts on it because you're an outside observer, right? We're going to treat you as the neutral observer in this. He made the statement that this is the first time that he could remember. Well, not he could remember, but in a long time where Oklahoma state has the superior quarterback to Oklahoma. Superior, huh? Do you agree? And I've got the stats here. I've got the stats here. Do you agree that Spencer Sanders is the superior quarterback to Dylan Gabriel? You have seen them both play. Well, I guess you didn't really get to. You've seen Dylan Gabriel play, but Texas didn't get to see him play. No, I, I don't think he's superior. I don't. I mean, I think he's got more experience, right? Because he's, what is he, fifth-year like senior? Like an eighth-year COVID. Yeah, he's been there forever. Senior. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I don't think there's really much to separate them. I think um, Spencer's a better – I think he's a better athlete than Dylan. But overall, top to bottom, I think they're very I think they're very even. 
Spencer Sanders, 59% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, 2,200 yards. Um, Dylan Gabriel, 64% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, 2,200 yards. As throwing quarterbacks, they're almost identical. Yeah. Um, where Spencer does take the, you know, if he wants to take a little bit of a, of an edge is in the rush game. He's got 349 yards and eight touchdowns versus 249 rushing yards and four touchdowns. So he has four more rushing touchdowns, but again, I'm not willing to step out and say, I think they're very comparable. Yeah. And the argument that I made on there, and I want to make it again here is, can you imagine if Marvin Mims maybe I don't know, caught about half the passes he dropped this year? what DG's numbers could look like in terms of an overall performance. I think he should have four more touchdowns just if his wide receivers make plays. Correct. And I think Dylan Gabriel, I mean, all things considered, I think he's been the least of OU's problems. Right. I think you guys are, I mean, we're used to seeing dynamic quarterbacks at OU. Right. I mean, from Baker Mayfield to Kyler Murray to Jalen Hurts to yeah. Spencer Rattler, when he was at his best, right, he was kind of up and down. And then, of course, Caleb Williams last year. So when you get a guy like Dylan Gabriel, he doesn't have that pop like those guys have. So it's easy to say that he's not as good as those guys. But, again, there's nothing I've seen from Spencer Sanders other than experience. He's got some moxie, right? The guy's seen it all. But I can't say that he's definitively better than Dylan yeah, Gabriel than what I've I- seen this year. I can't see the – I mean, look, there's been games where Dylan Gabriel has been flat out not very good. TCU – that first half of TCU, he was throwing the ball all over the field and not in a positive way, like overthrowing receivers, underthrowing receivers, behind them, in front of them, whatever. I mean, he was it was bad. It was bad quarterbacking. But I feel like he got hurt and he made a lot of adjustments, especially against Kansas. You saw a much more dialed-in offense – um, we go up to uh, Iowa State where he was it was a nice controlled game, kind of like what we saw with Quinn Ewers against Iowa State. I don't know that you can take a lot from this West Virginia game. Oh, well, hold on. Yeah. And then you got the Baylor game. He had the bad interception. So that's bad, Dylan. Right. But in the second half, you know, he took better care of the ball and they yeah, scored a lot. You know, so uh, I just don't think you can take anything from the West Virginia game. It looks like we're going to have it, it's going to be cold. But it's going to be clear. It doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of wind or anything like that. So I don't know. I expect Oklahoma to have a pretty good game. I think that they're going to be motivated. I think they know what this game means. I think they know what it means to get bowl eligible. They are at home. Oklahoma State is 10th defensively. 10th in the Big 12. I mean, that's – so here's what it took last year to beat Oklahoma, Okay. It took their best defense they've ever had. Yeah. Okay. It took Oklahoma State's best defense they ever had, plus a dropped pick six by Key Lawrence, a no pass interference call on the final drive, a dropped muffed punt at the one yard line by Eric Gray, which I still don't even understand why he's even fielding the ball. But there were a lot of factors. Now, did Oklahoma State win the game? Yeah, they won the game. Yes, we lost. They won. I get that. But I'm saying a lot of things had to happen, and they had the best defense they've ever had. Yeah. And And it was an incredible special teams play, too. And it was a one-score game with us looking to score, getting hosed on a call in the end zone, and still another pass, a a reasonable play into the end zone to try to win the game. I say all that to say they don't have that defense anymore. 
They're not at home. They've got injuries. They're are they six and four also? Is that what their record is? Um, seven and three. They're seven and three, but they're not a good seven and three. Like, yeah, and they had a, for me. Look, look, real quick. We got blasted by Texas, forty-nine nothing. So uh, we don't have a lot of room to talk. But they got blasted in a prime time, big time matchup with Kansas State with their starting quarterback, forty-eight to nothing. We are not a good team. We've, we've established that after the West Virginia game. Oklahoma fan is not allowed to say we have a good team because we do not. But neither does Oklahoma State. Statistically, I think we match up very well. We're at home. I, I kind of think we have the advantage. No, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, remember after Texas lost, again, Texas lost, so I'm not taking anything away from that. But I said this team is so beatable and they were just begging to be beaten. Texas just couldn't get the job done. The biggest issue with Oklahoma State this year is their offense is based on balance, right? That's been the best thing about them. They'll run for 250. They'll pass for 250. Their running game this year, 129 yards rushing a game. Ninth in the Big 12. Ninth in the Big 12. We've never seen that from a Mike Gundy offense, right? So yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the inexperience they have at running back or if it's just the offensive line isn't as good with the run blocking. But the running game hasn't been there at all for them. This you know, year from the running backs, what makes it's me, crazy to see. What makes me nervous, though, is the converse of that. I agree. So they are they are eighth offensively in the Big 12, ninth in rushing offense, okay? What makes me nervous, though, Kevin, is they're second in passing. So Spencer Sanders is, is at least from a yard – I imagine that's yardage probably is where they're ranking that, right? Probably, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So he's at least – he's at least – exploiting matchups. Sounds like he's making the right decisions. We're not going to have Justin Broyles. Whatever OU fan wants to think about Justin Broyles over the years, he's been a very dependable player this year. He hasn't made a lot of mistakes. Um, Has he been, you know, is he all Big 12? By no means, but he has been a solid starter for us. We have been better when he played versus when he didn't play. So having a losing that key, key cog in the uh, secondary makes me nervous against a confident Spencer Sanders and the second ranked passing offense in the Big Twelve. But you're exactly right. I think we can lean on the fact that they can't run the ball for diddly do. Yeah, I mean, and Dominic Richardson. I mean, what is he? Five hundred and forty-three uh, yards, but off one hundred and forty-nine carries. I mean. It's- Fewer than five yards to carry. Yeah, just not good. Right, they've got the freshman Ollie Gordon, who I really like. I was a fan of his during the recruiting process. He's a most talented guy, but he's had some issues with uh, protecting the football. So that's why I don't think they ran him as much as I expected him. I just think about the Oklahoma. I think about the Oklahoma State backs in the past, and they've always been so good. Yeah. You, Every you year know, they have somebody. Every year they have somebody, and then they end up going to play in the NFL. And you're like, man, that guy was really good. Um, yeah. I made a quick list. You know, we haven't talked a lot of Bedlam games, uh, but I made a quick list of the good and the bad over the last 10 years. Uh, start with the bad. Let's just get the bad out of the way. The uh, Tyreek Hill repunt. Bob Stoops has claimed that is his worst decision he ever made as a head coach was to repunt the ball to Tyreek Hill. And it was right down the middle. I mean – yeah. Well, apparently we he was supposed to kick it to the left and he kicked it down the middle. And so all the def- all the coverage guys were running down the left and then he runs down or maybe the right and he runs down the left and 
And as you know, I mean, he doesn't need much space. The guy's still doing that against the best defenders on the planet. Um, yeah, you know, oh my, I just remember like on Monday is when he got kicked off for the OSU football team. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, now he couldn't have got they, kicked off like on Friday. Know. He could, yeah, he they, they, got, they, they they knew. <laughs> so that was that was bad. That was bad. Um, are we had a neighbor kid that uh, was friends with my son? He was an Oklahoma State fan. And I was watching the game and he like came in the house, like while I'm watching the game. And I just knew that was bad juju. You know, when he came in, like, I just was yeah. like, I don't know why this why kid's in here. here. And yeah. I, I, my normal nature, I'm really not embarrassed to go get, just go home. Like I, I'll say that to, I'll say that to little kids all the time. I don't care. Like it's my house. Like I want out of here. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I'm like, Oh, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like I swear, he walked in and we repunted at Tyreek Hill, and I just looked at that kid like it was all his fault. So thanks a lot, Sam Landon. Um, and then of course the Lincoln game was really bad. But on the good ones, um, there was the 2012 overtime game where Brendan Clay won it. Those team, those two teams weren't very good, but that was a great bedlam game. That was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the Blake Bell game in 2013, it was frozen. It was so cold here, Kevin. You hadn't moved here yet. It was. Freezing cold. Um, uh, who was the quarterback that dropped the ball on the final drive? The corner for Oklahoma State. He went and played for the Browns. Oh, right? Justin Gilbert. Yes. I mean, the guy had it in his hands. I, the game was over. I mean, Oklahoma State, there's so many instances of that. It's just insane. And Blake Bell and Jalen Saunders, uh, which propelled us to get that big win in the uh, uh, Sugar Bowl. That was a lot of fun. And then, of course, my favorite Bedlam game, probably of all time was the 2017 game with Baker and Hollywood Brown. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there were a lot of points in that game. It was there was, away. there were so many points and normally those kind of games would bother me that, you know, the constant scoring, but for some reason it was so much fun. I never thought we were going to lose. And I feel like that was the first time I truly appreciated Gus Johnson and Joel Clapp. Like that was the first time where any okay. on the line Y'all know I have yes, a big, was born that day. Yeah, y'all know I have a big, big man crush on on uh, Gus and Joel. Like they oof, do a great job, man. They are attractive men, job. and uh, so yeah, watching that game, I got all fired up. So yeah, I mean it's bedlam. I don't think this is the last one. I think we're going to be in this conference for at least another year, maybe two. So I'm not going to get all weepy about it. Uh, but I will not lie and say I won't miss it. I'll miss it. I'll miss playing better. Yeah. So I hope we can. I hope they you can know, figure also, something out. The 2008 game, I know we're going back a little bit further, but 2008 game, Sam Bradford, kind of the one we kind of somersaulted near the, yeah, that was a good near one. the end zone. There was a lot of good players on the on the field that day. Des Bryant for Oklahoma State. Um, Who was that quarterback Bradford. that year? Zach Robinson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good player. He was a really good player. The, the so next Dan year. Bailey, kicker, DeMarco Murray. That next had, year. We, loaded offense. That next year we shut him out, right? Didn't we shut him out in on the fall year? 26-0, I think. I don't remember. Yeah. I feel like we shut – I'm almost positive that they thought that they were pretty good that year and we shut him out. It was fun. That's that's the fun part. All right. Um, enough about reminiscing. So, Baylor. I mean, uh, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, minus seven. <sighs> that's a big spread, dude. I wish it was. It I wish is. the spread was so much smaller. I mean, I'm sure everybody wishes the spread was smaller, but I just wish this was more like a three and a half or a four and a half point spread, and I could pick Oklahoma by a touchdown. Seven and a half. It's like 
Oh, I hate even thinking about it. What do you, where are you yeah. leaning? I'm leaning towards OU, man. I think. OU? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you guys win and cover. I think OU wins, but I think OSU covers. I actually think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I, I, I think that Dylan Gabriel, after all the crap he's been through this year, getting hurt and all the stuff, I think him and Mims are going to connect on a couple big plays in the second half. Take advantage yeah. of the 10th ranked defense uh, in the Big 12 and put it away late. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm looking for a big Eric Gray game. I'm looking for another big one. I think he's he's there's no bigger fans than the, the BBP for Eric Gray. He's a stud. Oh, you know what? Players. You know what? So Toby Rowland, voice of the Sooners, tried to tried to say that uh, after the 25 yard run that he wanted to leave the game, that he wanted to exit the game, and that's why they had to put jump because he was tired. So you know what I okay. did? Yeah, whatever. You know what I did? I went and found a clip of Barry Switzer talking about Steve Owens in 1969. You know how many carries he had in Bedlam? Oh, how many? 55 carries. Hey. You, you know what Barry you know Switzer the- said? I guess Steve Owens was like, hey, I'm tired. I need to come out. He's like, we're not playing in a bowl game. Get your butt back in there and run some more. <laughs> like, listen, Eric Gray had 25 carries. Yes, he's tired. The entire team is tired. We don't need Javante Barnes in the fourth quarter. We need Eric Gray. He's the hey, best that, player on the field. The Texas-Kansas game we were talking about earlier, the 2016 game, which, like I said, signifying the end of the Charlie Strong era, Deontay Foreman had 50 carries that day. Yeah, that's what, yeah. He's you still, just he, never see that. No, you, I mean, look, you I just don't see that nowadays. I wasn't asking for that with Eric Gray last week. I'm yeah. saying those carries at that moment, that's yeah. when you need him, right? I'm not – you know, I think – I mean, golly, the kid's running for 200 yards or whatever. I mean, didn't he run for yeah, – Eight yards a pop. Yeah, oh, yeah. Eric Gray? Yeah, I think 210 yards, something like that. Yeah, no, the guy's just yeah. – the guy's just – give him the ball. This isn't – this isn't a give him the ball like more – give him the ball more in those scenarios. In those Like, moments. in the fourth quarter, we need somebody we can count on who knows what he's doing, who is shifty and, and smart and makes the right play. He's proven that over the year, just as I predicted he would this summer. Um, so, anyway. One of us did. That's correct. Uh, the one with the good-looking haircut. The University of Texas is traveling north to Lawrence, Kansas. In some ways, I'm sure you were wish you were bringing your basketball team up already after that ginormous win against Gonzaga last night. Yeah, that was fun to watch. Um, that was in the new building, right? Yeah, the Moody Center. Dude. So far, so good, man. They did some things. They got the students down at the bottom right now. So they made a they're making a great atmosphere. It's gonna be nice. Well, dude, if they can bring that atmosphere, it's hard in the Big 12 to draw a lot of draw, you know, draw that energy all the time. But man, they look yeah. I thought that was great. Good Zaga. Yeah, unless you're Kansas, you know, they, they've got the culture's been there for decades, right? So you get there as a student and you just know this is how it goes. I'm just with schools just, like Texas and OU, it's just it's not like that. So hopefully not, this is someone they can build on. I'm not a Bill Self fan. Are you a Bill Self fan? Not really, but man, He's I mean, the obnoxious. results are there. Whatever. He's a The results are there. All right. Um, so here's what I – I just wrote this out. Y'all both have six and four records, okay? Yeah. We talked about it already. The last five games have been – with the exception of 2017, have been one-score games, many of them coming in with last-second kicks on either side of the team. It's It's been a really fascinating matchup. This year, you're both six and four. Um, Kansas is likely to have Jalen Daniels back. I think makes a huge difference in this game. 
Are you hearing anything different on that? No, I know the coach isn't saying, but I'm expecting him to play. Yeah, I think he plays. I think Texas is too. Texas has lost. These are your four losses. Bama, Tech, OSU, and TCU. This is Kansas's four losses. TCU, OU, Baylor, and Tech. And I say that to say, this is not a bad Kansas team. It, no, we, no, no. You got to change the mindset. You got to change the paradigm. This is a good – those four losses, I think OU was at home. I think, or, or was on the road. Wasn't TCU on the road? Um, no, TCU was there in, in Lawrence. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. But they, that's when Jalen Daniels got knocked out, though, right? Yes, correct. Correct. So, either way, I'm just saying, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, you've got Jalen Daniels is probably the biggest question mark. And then – the stat that continued to leap out for me that I don't know that we talked about it that much, maybe we did, was you were one for 17 on third down conversions against TCU. What does Texas do to improve their third down conversion percentage? Hand it to number five. On third down or number on first and second? Yes, on every down. Give him the ball. He's gone, right? He's gone. He is not oh, yeah. playing in whatever bowl game you're playing in, right? There's no. I, I wouldn't think so. Not not at this point. I mean, if they somehow, if a miracle happens and they were to end up in like the Sugar Bowl, perhaps he would play in that. But I don't think so. I, I don't. I, I don't think so. I can't see no. them get. I can't see them getting into the Sugar Bowl six and four. Me, no, me neither. Me neither. I mean, they it, they would have to win one out, and then some other things would have to happen. TC would have to go to the playoff. They would have to make the Big Twelve championship game. And TC would have to go to the playoff. Um, do you think you see a noticeable drop in? Well, well first of all, let me ask you this, I, and I don't know what the answer is. Do you know what the weather situation is going to be in Kansas? You know, I've heard that it's going to be in the 30s. It's not going to be good weather, but you know, right now I'm seeing 49. So the forecast is changing. So right now it looks like it's going to be 49, but I know the temperature is going to drop. It's a 2:30 kickoff, so the sun is going to set during the game. <laughs> So I know by the fourth quarter it's going to be cold, the same way it was back in 2016 when they lost up there. Um, do you think you're going to see a noticeable drop in Ewers' attempts? Do you think you'll see him – what if I put the over-under at 35 attempts? Would you take the under? Yes, I'm going to hope – I'm hoping for the under. You want the under. You want, want the, the under. under. Correct, yeah. Yeah, I think you have to be there, man. I think – too many – we got – Two really good running backs. Yeah, it's rare I, that you should have to throw for more than thirty-five passes against anybody. Well, not yeah. I mean, you're not Texas Tech. There's just no reason. Correct. Yes. And when I say you're not, you're not Texas Tech, you're not, you're not Mike yeah, Leach. We're, Texas we're not Tech. Mike Leach. Yeah. yeah, throwing seventy a game if, if need be. I so, mean, it's, again, the, I think we talked about this in the recap episode. They were playing as if they were down by twenty. Throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing. That's what you do when you're down and you're trying to get back into the game quickly. They didn't have to do that. 12 no. carries for Bijan Robinson in a one-score game? I know that listeners of the Boomer Bevo podcast have to get sick of, of us breaking this down. But I, I am sure a Texas fan is just beside themselves with the number of carries that Bijan Robinson is consistently getting. Like yes, now I can see if 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 the passing game is working and they're hitting those big shots, right? Then of course, yeah, throw the ball if you're going to hit the big shots, but it's not working, and it's not like you don't have anything else to fall back on. No, you have the best running back in the country, 
and the best, one of the best number two running backs in the country. Do you think Worthy is is Worthy contributing to yours? Um, inefficiency. Like, well, is he think- is he looking for him too much? And in in addition to looking for him too much, and maybe maybe kind of counting on him too much, Worthy has kind of gone some Marvin Mims a little lately. On you know, not made the play that he's usually expected to make. Correct. No, you're exactly right about that. I think he looks for him too much. He throws to him even when it's not open. And then yeah. if it is open, half the time, you know, he'll drop the ball. And he's not very good about tracking the ball. And again, I don't know if the ball is going to the shoulder that he's not expecting it to go to. I don't know where the disconnect is, but there's something there that just isn't working. And again, my problem is with the coach for continuing to try it when it's just not there. You know, I, I think back to like, you think back to those teams that had our, 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 our old teams, Oklahoma's good teams in the late 2000s, your team in the late 2000s. And your go-to players were not those big, were not those big home run hitters. You know, for, for Sam Bradford, his go-to player was Jermaine Grisham. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big body, easy throw. Very rarely was it, you know, some hard throw. Like, you know, it was, oh, you know, just real simple reads, bigger body, give him, the, you know, give him an opportunity to make the play. And I think about, like, Jordan Shipley, the same thing. All those passes weren't Jordan Shipley running post route stuff. You know, it was, you know, crossing right. patterns, find some space, sit in the space, get and the ball. Ryan Bros. Yeah, Ryan Bros is a great example. That's exactly right. And so I just think about I, – I, I'm, I'm curious – about Sarkeesian's use of Worthy because I just don't know if it's been the best, putting him in the best position to succeed. Counter to that with Oklahoma and Marvin Mims, I think this is the nature of Levy's offense. Like, yes, he that's, wants that's to take those shots. Yeah, and it's, so, it's inside zone and deep shots. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 you, you, you turned me, turned me on to that in the summer when we were, you know, previewing this, and it's bore out. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, take deep shots. So at least we know that. Now we're not executing on it, whether that's the quarterback or the receiver. But with, with Sarkeesian, he wasn't always predicated on the big shot, was he? No, no, no. Um, a guy, um, CJ Vogel on Twitter, he put out some stats earlier, and he was saying how he actually takes more deep shots at Texas than he did at Alabama. And that's with having four First round receivers on the team: Devontae yeah. Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. And he takes more he takes more shots down the field at Texas than he did even with those guys. It's crazy. But again, maybe he doesn't have Saban telling him, "Hey, man, run the ball more." That's the difference when he's the head coach and the OC. That's that that is an interesting stat. You wonder. I wonder what his percentages were at Washington and USC when he was yeah. there, when he uh-huh. was calling the plays because you you wonder if he was throttled back by Saban and, and and it's really Saban's influence that made him as successful as he was at um, Alabama or maybe I don't want to get too like in the psychological evaluation of Sarkeesian but if he doesn't respect Big Twelve defenses. Right, like this isn't the SEC. We should be able to just throw on these guys. We should be better than they are. 
And we're finding out in the last couple of years, that's not the case. No, the big 12 is actually can defend people. See Iowa state, see Baylor, see K state. Yeah. Even even TC, even TCU now. But I wonder, is it Saban? Is it because it can't be, it cannot be that he believes Quinn Ewers is that good because I'm telling you, Kevin, we have not seen it yet. No, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. No, we haven't seen, seen it. Yet. Little glimpses. We've seen throws here and there. It's like, oh, okay, this kid can do that. But no, we haven't seen the consistency there yet. And again, I'm still in on Quinn Ewers, right? This is not sure. saying that I'm out. But no, he's just not there yet. So you he, can't just keep. You know who he can. You know how he, he reminds me of a Rhett Bomar. Okay. The way and um because Bomar was pretty erratic his first year. But yeah. there were there were glimpses and you could there see were some things. Of it. There were yeah. glimpses. He was a big, strong kid, rocket arm, that sort of stuff. We never got to see what happened. But I mean, dude, dude made it to the NFL. I mean, he got on a roster. He was with the he Giants did. for was know, a couple years too. Yeah, a couple three years. Um, so my point is, if he keeps working for Sarkeesian, he's he's going to get better, right? We think he's going to get better. Yeah, I just don't know why he put, keeps putting him in these positions to make that throw every time. You know what I mean? When you're right, yeah. he could just man, he could build up and a lot of thing. He could build up a lot of confidence throwing some slip screens to Xavier Worthy versus throwing those. Hey, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, you've got guys who can make plays in space. That's the best weapon you have. That's what TCU kept doing and kept uh, – look, Texas defended it very well. Very well. Right? But, again, not everybody has the level of athletes on defense that Texas has, right? Throw the ball out to Xavier Worthy. Let him make a guy miss. I mean, he did it the first play of the Red River shootout last year. It was a 75-yard touchdown. If you can yeah. do that against OU's defense, you can do that against the likes of Kansas. Yeah. I Even TCU. It'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be, this is going to be an interesting game to watch. Um, It's a real statement game, I think, too, for Leopold, the coach at Kansas. If they can beat Texas and get to seven and four and have a chance to play K, because they'll play K State in their last game, right? They haven't played K State yet, have they? No, it's it's the last game. K State. I mean, can you imagine if they got to eight, if they got to eight to four with a win against K State? I mean, that is a phenomenal year for Kansas. Yeah, it'd be their best year they passed since. I mean, this year it's already shaping up to be their best year Whoa, that they passed oh, since Mangino was there. Yeah, so, seven when they won the Orange Bowl. I mean, we joked about this game at the beginning of the year. We both picked Kansas. Or I mean, we both picked Texas in our season preview. Um, the line is nine to Texas. I say Kansas covers the nine. I don't. I think Texas wins the game, but I just, I'm not sure, man. If Sarkeesian doesn't make the adjustments he needs to make, y'all lose this game. So I'm going yeah. with Can- I'm going with Kansas. If he to doesn't cover. have a better game plan. They will lose this game. Now my official pick is that they win the game, but they do not cover. I don't think it's a nine point game. I think they win, but I think they win by six or seven. So you're taking KU to cover. Correct. Texas to win KU to cover. I'm taking KU to cover. I don't even know. I don't even know about a winner. I mean, if I just have to pick one on this, I think Texas wins the game. I think they should win the game. But, man, Kansas has a lot to play for. It's at home. Crowd's going to be rowdy. If they get the the, the shot in the arm of having Jalen Daniels back, 
Yeah, it's going to be tough. I hope we see another intense defensive performance like we saw from Texas against um, TCU. Look, they're not going to get up for it like that. That was you I mean, know, one of those rare once or twice a year type efforts. But if we see anything similar, their defensive line should be able to, to control Kansas' so run game inside. Your defense has gotten up three times this year. Alabama, Oklahoma, and TCU. And demonstrated that when playing against the best, I mean, even Oklahoma, whatever, they're, they're still the best team on their schedule, you know, minus Alabama. Yeah. It just happened that we didn't have Dylan Gabriel, but still, when y'all played, when you we looked at your schedule and said, these are the three best teams we're going to play, your defense was as good as any defense in the country. As any defense in the country. Against anybody. And yet, it's like, crap. How did we lose to Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, you know, those two games? It's just, yeah. it's maddening. It's maddening. It, Especially, it's infuriating, man. Especially the Texas, I still can't make sense of that. You know, and if you look at my predictions, I had them losing to Alabama. I had them losing to um, TCU. I had them losing to um, Oklahoma State also. But the Tech loss, and then the tech- them for the fourth loss. The tech loss, the tech loss is terrible, and the Oklahoma State loss is yeah, they should, yeah. those are bad losses. They're just bad losses. Horrible. All right, man, I'm looking forward to both of these games. I think that they're really interesting. Bedlam is bedlam. So for Oklahoma fans, we don't need to we don't need any more, you know, to get up for that. Texas and Kansas, the get up factor for Texas is going to be a big key in this game. If they can get behind, get motivated, get their get fired up, you know, bring bring that same level of intensity. If they can do that. Texas wins the game. If they don't, I think Kansas wins the game. I think it could be all on the defensive side. As much as we just talked about Sarkeesian and Bijan, it could literally be does your defense decide to play or not? Which is – I agree. That You know what it tells you? It tells you that Texas isn't a very good team and neither is Oklahoma, is that we can't pinpoint what needs to happen. Well, yeah, and it's been – for Texas, man, it's, just, it's been a wasted season because you've had a great opportunity here with OU being down, Texas A&M – is absolutely a train wreck right now. So you had a chance to kind of take control of the region, right? Yeah. And you failed to do it. So, you know, it's, it's made it a disappointment. And it can finish the season okay, but still. Overall, All right. it's gonna, we're going to look back at this season as a disappointment. The only thing that's not wasted this season is the Boomer Bebo podcast, which is just growing leaps and bounds. I appreciate everybody that's listened and liked and commented. Um, we love doing this. It's been a great year. Uh, we've got some travel uh, that is going to impact our recap game. So Kevin and I are going to try to get one out either Saturday night following the uh, OU game or sometime Sunday. So just, you know, kind of keep an eye out. It'll be uh, going into Thanksgiving week, and then we'll figure out when we're going to do a preview during Thanksgiving week. We know that'll be kind of weird too, but uh, it's okay. Kevin and I are going to be, or we are committed to bringing you the Boomer Bevo podcast. Always. And uh, as committed as y'all have been to listening, we know we got to, we got to bring it. So, Kevin, uh, get fired up for this weekend. Boomer. Cook him.